0: Welcome to the Extra Podcast, a production of Northview Community Church in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Your hosts, Jeff, Ezra, and Thalia, will be discussing the Bible, relevant issues, and current events each week. At Northview, we love to study God's Word and discuss how it applies to our lives, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So feel free to laugh with us and at us we try to challenge and encourage you in your faith well welcome to our podcast this is the extra
1: podcast my name is Ezra and I get to MC, not MC. I get to quarterback not quarterback what I get to host (laughs) yeah see I'm already sucking at the job but it's all good um I'm seated here with two of my beloved wonderful colleagues Jeffrey Bucknam hi Ezra how's it going hey it's all good man how you doing
0: so-so, actually. i a little bit tired.
1: Well, it's uh, coming up to the summertime, yes, and is. actually, uh, last Sunday was summertime, but my other colleague is our dear sister, Thalia Sowaski. Hello, everyone. How are you doing, Thalia? I'm good. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the summer?
2: Oh, yes.
1: Okay, so let me ask <laughs> this question to both of you. So, uh, summertime is coming. What do you guys do to refresh yourself?
0: Hmm? I don't know. Thalia, you go first.
1: Oh, Thalia first. It's going to okay. take
0: me a while to think about that.
2: <laughs> Lots of things.
0: Okay. So like?
2: I, I'm making lists. I mm. like lists. So. Did you do that
0: to refresh? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thalia, All the things so awesome.
2: that I want to do in the summer because like summer is like really only another eight weeks. And you make
0: a list of the yeah. things you want to do in the All summer. The things. Do you put little boxes by them so you can yeah. tick them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it, that's that's part of the fun I'm yeah, assuming, it right? Is totally like well. we did this, Colors did this. And,
2: yeah, totally.
1: Okay, so uh, what what makes your list?
2: What's oh, like, on your list? Lots of coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Do you, ha-
0: okay. Do, do you write down the specific coffee shops sometimes. that you want to
2: go? Yeah, sometimes like oh, there things you go. I haven't been to before. Okay. Yeah. Or like we have friends in Squamish, so we want to go there. And we you get your
0: Whistler family though. You guys yeah. go to Whistler, Whistler, every summer. Squamish.
2: Mm-hmm. We're gonna spend a week in Whistler, and I'm really looking forward to that. That's good. And we always choose something kind of uh, unique to do. So we're thinking maybe. I don't know. Last year we did the zip lines. Maybe we'll try peak to peak. I don't know. Something exciting.
1: So you wouldn't say there are fun things to do in Whistler during the summer? Because, I mean, people think Whistler skiing and all that stuff. But summertime, it's all good?
0: A number of years ago, Whistler was mostly a winter. When I first arrived here like 13 years ago, Whistler was uh, just largely a winter resort. Mm -hmm. And you could get smoking deals in Mm -hmm. the summertime for it. But over the last... Seriously, over the last 10 years, it yeah. really has become a summer destination. Such a huge summer destination. And wow. I think they're it's even really making more now. money in
2: summer. Yeah, oh, yeah. really? Super yeah. expensive now. So we always wow. head to Crankworks, which is the major mountain bike and downhill bike festival. That's mm-hmm. when we have to go because Mark's really into biking. Yeah. And it's so much fun. You see all these people with their broken wrists and their bikes oh, for my. sale. <laughs> it's but you really can watch fun. them
0: do their jumps yeah. and stuff. They have this uh, Red amazing. Bull joyride and uh-huh. stuff where the guys go off these massive, like build huts and stuff. To huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they go off these enormous jumps. Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
2: There's free concerts and there's lots of restaurants. Cool. It's so fun.
0: So that's your summer plan
1: with your list. Yes, Whistler makes it there. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times. Jeffrey, what about you?
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. Baseball. <laughs> baseball. Yeah, lots and lots, <laughs> lots of baseball. <laughs> baseball. Yeah. following
0: my my son around, and mm-hmm.
2: does he have to travel far?
0: Yeah, from time to time we go, you know, it's a the league that he's in, he, he plays in the senior uh, PBL, PBL stands for the Premier Baseball League. Okay. And so it's, uh, it's a regional. it's a BC-wide league. I think it's got 13, 14 teams in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, five of them are from the island, Kay. four of them, five of them from the island. And uh, the rest are, th- there's one from uh, Kelowna, and then there's the rest are clustered around the lower mainland. But they're as far away as like UBC's got a team. Yeah. And Coquitlam's got a team, and North Shore's got a team. <clears throat> North Delta's got a team. The closest one to us is Langley. So yeah. if we play Langley, it's not a big deal because we just just about 20 minutes away. But that's the closest that we get. So it's usually driving an hour or a little bit more, sometimes driving all the way over to the island and either going to Victoria, who has a couple teams, or Nanaimo, which, my, in fact, I think they already played... A team uh, from—it's called Parksville, but they're not from Parksville. They—they they play in Campbell River. Nice. Some of the time, so <coughs> they had to area. travel. They had to travel all the way over there and go north. So it's, it can be quite a. Quite a journey. I was thinking yeah. about the teams from Okanagan and how hard mm-hmm. that would be to drive. No kidding. All the way across and then get to the island and then have to go north to Campbell River. Seriously, probably eight, nine, ten hours. Yeah.
2: So, as a family, do you camp or do you hang out in a hotel or what do you do? We
0: don't always go all the time. I mean, it's because it's the senior league. When their kids are younger, you you have to go. Now, uh, Micah can go on in his uh, sometimes on his own. But uh, we there's a tournament that I, he he's supposed to be playing in. Uh, South of, uh, South of Olympia in oh, Washington state yep. this year. And, uh, a few other special teams that he's hoping to make, uh, which will have games from, I don't know, uh, in Saskatchewan. And he's you hoping really to make one. want to go there. He's hoping <laughs> to make one in, that, that has games in Ontario. And then he's at that the age Jeff now where he's
2: fresh in Saskatchewan. <laughs> he's looking to
0: be, uh, colleges and stuff. And so you yep. can take these, uh, 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 uh informal, uh, recruiting things. You can, you, can, you can go and travel and visit the coaches and yep. see them. That's cool. Um, and so we're trying to figure out all that kind of stuff this summer. But it's oh, a lot me. of fun, seriously. I mean, it's great. I love watching Micah pitch. I love, mm-hmm. I love watching him. Uh, he's, he's also a hitter. So I enjoy, I enjoy baseball. I used to not like it at all. I used to think baseball was the worst game <laughs> ever. Because you just sit around and you watch. If you don't understand a lot of it, 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 it can be boring. When I was in New Zealand, I really yeah. got into cricket. Oh, yeah. oh, that is a good because game. Because <laughs> there's this huge amount of strategy oh, to cricket. Yeah. How you oh, place yeah. your fielders, how you're yep. going to bowl the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started to really love the, the strategy to it. Yes. So it's like half mental. Yes. Um, Baseball is very much like this. Like there are so many different things that you can do. Uh, it's a game of failure. So most of the things you do don't work, right? You don't I've hit the ball be- right. You don't get the guy out. You don't like all that kind of stuff.
1: I've never been in, I've never understood baseball. I mean, I, I guess I need to sit next to someone who's a good, strong baseball fan mm-hmm. and explain the game because yep. for me, it's kind of like, oh my, it's like looking it's like, like a right? yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. If you
0: understand the game and you can start getting engaged, you have to oftentimes have a vested interest. So if you have a yeah. kid or some a niece, nephew, whatever involved, then you, you start to be kind of a fan of the team and then you start understanding it. I've never been to any game that has quite the, uh, the tension in baseball, and that's because there's a gap between the action, for you just to feel sick to your stomach, <laughs> right? About the next pitch or the next <laughs> like, and sometimes it goes. If it's a really important pitch, or a really important like moment in the game, yeah, like tense. Then waiting. you're Is just like, happen? oh my gosh. And your kid's on the mound, if he gets pitching, you're like, get him out, get him out, get him out. And so if he, what if he's position does batting, he Batting. He's like, you get a hit, get a hit, get a hit. What my, position? He's a pitcher and he plays third base and. Okay. Um, yeah, that's obviously okay. good times. Sometimes well,
1: all the best to your boy and to yep. to you guys for the summer as okay, you Ezra. refresh. Yeah, for me, yeah. I love going camping. Camping with my kids is always, always a summer. Okay, staple. so what
2: kind of camping?
1: Um, we've done a whole bunch of camping. Uh, we had he a, has a pop up tent. Okay. Yes, uh, but like before, a little pop up trailer. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. Trailer. But before before we had that, we did just your roughing it type camping. Mm-hmm. Just a uh, uh, with uh, uh, tent pegs, regular tent, <laughs> go out to one of the provincial parks, snap that thing on the ground, and mm-hmm. away you go. Sometimes the rain would come, so I have my tarps ready to go. Yeah, yeah it's all good times, You man. find that
0: fun, Put oh, the tarps was, up over That was the... a lot
1: of fun. I mean, when you see the kids having a great time, uh, you enjoy it. But... In order for us to do this, it has to be at least seven days yeah. because, oh. yeah, the day you go and then you set up camp, you now have need two days to recover.
0: I, <laughs> I, <And> then, <laughs> I think I speak for Thalia and myself <laughs> to say that we both feel about camping as you feel about baseball.
2: Totally, this is mm-hmm. true.
1: Oh no, camping there's no
0: is reason a- to go out. <laughs>
2: I did it as a kid, and it can stay in the kid zone. <laughs> it's fun as a kid. Oh,
0: you guys but now, know as a
2: mom, trick. it's so much no, work. You, I,
1: I think for me, I enjoy I enjoy being out in nature. Okay, just just being out in the quiet, away from he can keep the mosquitoes. Uh, unplugged, hey, Jeff. everything is. Perfect. I enjoy
0: having a shower. Yeah.
1: Dude, it's flushing fun.
2: toilets. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's, it's
1: good. Times. Fun. Anyway, anyway. So back to our podcast here. So we'll we'll have three segments in our in our podcast today. First, we'll talk about the uh, um, the series that we've just uh, finished. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Habakkuk however you want to pronounce it. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll also uh, look at uh, highlights from the previous year, things the highs and the lows and the in-betweens uh, from my two guests here. And then finally look forward, like what's what's exciting about the coming year, uh, ministry year, and um, what are some of the exciting things that we're all looking forward to. So it should be a fun little podcast
0: here. This is our last podcast for the summer. So for those of you who are listening, we're going to take a hiatus because a lot of our pastors and others are away. And it gets to be a little bit difficult to it. Yes. So we'll pick it up again mm-hmm. in uh, September. In
1: September. I mean,
2: when when Jeff get back, needs a break. Yes. <laughs> need a break.
1: Yeah, <laughs> When we get back yeah. Yeah. Uh, for fall kickoff and all those good stuff. But we'll talk about what we are looking forward to in a bit. Let's come back to Habakkuk. So we've just finished Habakkuk. Jeff, you just preached a sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it about this weekend, this past weekend?
0: It was about Habakkuk Ezra. Oh, was it? Actually, I was going through the border to the United States the other day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, on Monday, oftentimes I go down to the states. Our family lives there, and I just went. I just went down uh, to meet a friend actually for breakfast, and uh, the border guard going through to the U.S. He uh, he asked, "Well, why are you? What are you doing on Monday that gives you the permission to, or like, yeah. to come just leave and go down here?" And I said, "Well, I'm a pastor at Northview Community Church," and he said, "Oh yeah, what was your sermon about yesterday?" <laughs> "Oh, there you go," and I said, "It was about Habakkuk 3. He said, "What?" habakkuk 3 that's not in the bible he said this it's not in the bible i said uh, is it, it is in the bible dude uh it's a little old testament book tucked away he said i'd never heard of it i said well it says more about you than me doesn't it you said that yeah
2: <laughs> oh boy
0: i'm a u.s citizen what is he gonna do yeah like let me in yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. so anyway he said uh-huh, uh-huh. he goes really no. Oh. So he's sitting there, and he's looking on his phone. He's got this little Bible app on oh. his phone. He goes, it's in the Bible. I it's in the Bible, and I told you. I told you. And he goes, oh, well, what's it about? So I'm sitting there uh, uh, all in the thing, and everybody behind me is like, waiting, oh. and I'm telling this guy you about my sermon.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: It was very funny. That's a good time. So the sermon was about, uh, as you know, Ezra and I shared this series, actually. We don't usually get to do that, but basically he did two sermons in it, and I did two sermons in it, and... It it basically deals with uh, Habakkuk 3, d- is the conclusion, essentially, it's the song that Habakkuk writes in response to what he's learned ab- about God and his situation at the time, and it pretty much just looks back on God's victories in the past and lets that be the fuel for his confidence in the future, and so that he can in the present rest. So I'm using past, future, present for a reason, because yeah. that's essentially what... So the question was, how do you find... How do you find rest in the in the midst of suffering? And I said, you got to look, remember the God of the past, and hope in the God of the future.
1: Absolutely. Now, this was a very interesting series because it did um, challenge some people. So, Thalia, what Uh were some of the things that you heard? Some of the struggles that people had with uh, how God portrays Himself in this little book.
2: Well, I heard over and over again people asking me. I think it was the second sermon, not totally sure, where you said it's okay to ask questions of God. And you talked about that, and people really, really responded well to that. But then the question coming out of it was, what does it look like to have a response from God? Like, if we're allowed to ask questions, what question. could it look like as a response? So mm-hmm. let's talk about that a little bit so we sure give thing. people some ideas. Yeah.
0: So, uh, You know, I, I've got to tell you, I have a little mini pet peeve, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and that is that m- most, of, uh, most of the time when we talk about communication with God and from God, we think about it in the same way that we think about communication between me and you, Thalia, mm-hmm. or me and you, Ezra, mm-hmm. where I talk and you talk back to me in the same language and ways. Um, so here, here's a theological thought that you might have not thought of and maybe you don't agree with, but uh, I want to press you to think about it. I think that God certainly can and does, at many points, speak back to people. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should be expected. The reason I don't think it should be expected, but you understand what I mean by speak back to people, well, I, I people mean,
2: are often expecting maybe an audibly, audible response, yep. like a voice.
0: Yeah, or even a feeling. I don't think that that's the main way that God communicates. The main way that God communicates with people is through his word. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit takes the word of God, right, which is, a, which is finished. It's the sufficient revelation of who God is, and he takes that word and he's going to apply it to, to your life in various places. The Mm -hmm. the Spirit also, though, will speak, and I'm putting that in air quotes, through providence, Mm -hmm. through the way things work out. There will be moments in your life, for example, where you've had this nagging question in the back of your mind, but you've put it kind of like on the back burner and said, Lord, I don't understand this, I don't understand this, I don't understand this. But then as time goes by, you might have an experience in a particular place, and then the Spirit will take that experience and then His Word, and He'll smush them together Mm -hmm. and communicate to you some things mm-hmm. about Aha that moments. question that you didn't know, and you were yeah. like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. So, I what I'm saying is, I, I'm always warning people a little bit to say that I, I think it the Spirit of God can, and does at times respond to people audibly and through through deep impressions. I think that that's that's not actually uh, the way in the New Covenant era, meaning after the after the time that the, the Jesus actually commissioned the apostles to write r- to write his word. Mm-hmm. And so the means by which we hear from God is what we call mediated. It's yeah. mediated through the apostles' testimony to us. And that's the main way. So mm-hmm. if you spend time in scripture, you will end up finding, first of all, you'll get to know God better because it's that's where he's revealed himself chiefly. Yeah. And then you'll end up finding answers oftentimes to questions that you you either weren't asking, or that maybe you were asking, and then you come across a text and say, "Well, that actually sheds some light on this particular subject that I have been struggling with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, he's a in my own life." But I don't—I don't know if God's ever going to answer the question. Just sec—I mm-hmm. don't think God's ever going to answer answer the question, the why questions all the time for you. And and I think He doesn't always need to. I mean, I think about Job; mm-hmm. He didn't answer Job's mm-hmm. why questions. Even at the end of Job, Job didn't know the stuff that we know about right. the story of Job because it was revealed revealed later. I, I think that there's a passage in Romans 9. Now, who are you, O man, to talk back to God? So I think that there's a posture that we're to have before God, which is that we are to ask, ask questions. The psalmists do it all the time, and Habakkuk does it all the time. But there's also the posture of humility that stands before him to say that, Lord, I'm, I don't know all that you know. I don't see all that you see. And so I'm going to trust your wisdom, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what we were trying to get to at the end of the book of Habakkuk. To show yeah. that that was his conclusion in the end, is yeah. that you're wiser, yeah. Lord. And so I'm going to wait patiently for your deliverance to come. Yeah.
1: So, one of the things that uh, I'm sure a listener listening to this podcast might wonder okay, Jeff, are you saying, this is a two part question, are you saying that in the New Covenant era, by that I mean New Testament time, by that I mean 21st century Canada?
0: After the resurrection of yes, Jesus. After and the, the
1: resurrection. Okay, so today, 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 June, does God. Can God audibly yes. speak to me when you audibly. say?
0: When you say "Can God," my response is going to be yes. Yes, Almost, of every, almost everything you can yeah. say. Yeah. So almost the, everything. Yeah. So
1: there, there are a number of people then who have heard, and Thalia, you would I think agree with this. When people come and see you for counseling questions, there will be people who'd say God told me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this <coughs> this is in Christian circles. I can every week, and uh, if I'm in uh, settings where Christians are. I will hear someone say, "God, God told me." Now, obviously, it's it's an extra biblical revelation, meaning it's not a Bible verse. But they come and they say, "You know, I felt God saying to me. But I, if, I, God if, told me."
0: If the content of what that person is saying ties in with. Uh essentially the teaching of the scriptures then i'm very happy to affirm that
1: so how then would i young christian we
0: preached on this this year yes, we did mm-hmm. a series on the on the holy spirit Absolutely. and i went through a, p- a period that i mm-hmm. i tried to talk about how the spirit is the author of scripture and that essentially the spirit uses the scriptures to to do the, to so you sh- what you should be seeking mm-hmm. actually is to hear the word of god through th- through the script basically hear the scriptures speaking to you the spirit's role then is to take the completed revelation of God and apply it to you in several parts of your life.
2: Which is why we would encourage people to be regularly reading the Bible and be in a Bible study, because if you're never reading the Bible and never in a Bible study, you can't actually know what God is speaking through the scriptures. Right.
0: And which is why, I I mean, should you be paying attention to the impressions and things like that in your heart? Sure. As long as those impressions are spirit. Driven, and you know they're spirit-driven if they're in line with the revelation of God in 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 His Word. So, for example, uh, I think I gave this example during the sermon series on on the Holy Spirit. You know, you're sitting next to somebody on an airplane, and you feel this deep sense in your heart that you know. I talk to him. So, so what I'm going to say is that okay. So we have a we have a great commission: make disciples of all nations. Yeah. I'm saying that the prompting that you have in your heart is from the Holy Spirit to speak to this particular person in this mo- in, in this particular moment, because it's in line with what the Scriptures call Christians generally to be doing. So the Spirit is taking that call, applying it to you directly in this present moment. So just open your mouth and maybe start a conversation. With, do you see what I'm saying? Totally.
2: Can we elaborate on one thing you said a little bit earlier? You said something about, you know, uh, it's okay to ask questions of God, and what does a response look like? Some people will think that it's a certain feeling. Uh-huh. Let's talk about feelings a little bit. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> I, good actually, question. Actually, we just did a
0: baptism bas- baptism services here, and I could tell you one of the things I, I get a little bit... Um. I, I get trouble. I get cautious, troubled by yeah. is mm-hmm. the way that people even talk about baptism as if it's it, it, it's a magical act that when you come out of the water you will end up having this feeling. euphoric feeling and everything will change that I will be delivered from all of my challenges and uh, honestly I, I I don't I know of no biblical uh, warrant to believe that at all it uh, again could God make something like that happen a- absolutely but i wouldn't expect that to happen because this is not the way the scriptures teach about god it doesn't it's not how He teaches the this bible teaches about baptism
2: okay but a lot of people have this perception that I, if i'm doing what god wants me to do i'm going to have a feeling i'm going to no, have a feeling of peace i'm going to have not. a feel- right okay so let's talk about that right. a little that's a bit. very
0: good question there <laughs> <Yeah>. sometimes not <laughs> I, get I can it give all you lots time, of examples every week. <laughs> in the bible where but that's the thing there's a, what what that person is doing is they're looking for their own internal testimony to yeah to uh, validate whether or not they've heard from God or not. Right. I'm saying that there is a means by which you can validate whether you've heard from God or for not that's far more objective than subjective. Because that what you're
2: saying is that if you follow Scripture, sometimes following Scripture doesn't actually make no, you feel settled. No. And you it, might feel convicted and actually quite crappy well, about what st- you've been doing your and Your stomach might and, turn and right. ho-
0: horrible. Like, I'll give you honest right. with you. I don't like talking to people on airplanes. I don't uh, at all. I just I'm shy and I You're don't want to whatever
2: peaceful and settled. But in But I'll tell soul. you what
0: I don't feel peaceful and settled in my soul at all, <laughs> <laughs> even after. Because then yeah. I get you think, oh man, I probably said everything wrong. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like there are times I've preached sermons, Ezra. You know, like so you come mm-hmm. off of the after preaching sermon and you, you just accuse yourself of all the things that you didn't say. There's no like euphoric joyful feeling sometimes where right. you walk off, even though it might have been the best sermon you ever preached. Right. I, yeah. You're like, ah.
2: Well, and too often, yeah. Ezra, you and I meet with people who will be making a decision that's completely contrary to scripture, but they'll say, I feel at peace with it. Right. And, and th- Jesus is okay with this because I feel at peace. Nope. I'm like, ah, that's, that's not, not the right piece. But this is my
0: point, though, <laughs> yeah. when, when you end up saying things, uh, asking questions, well, is God going to answer? Mm-hmm. When I ask the questions, how's going to get answer? And and I, I'd say, well, I would not expect, I don't know exactly, I don't know if he will in this in this life, and that's what Hebrews eleven is basically about—a bunch of people who remained faithful despite their questions. Yeah, uh, you know, like they were being sawn in two, some of them, and I'm quite sure that I that Isaiah, when he's being sawn in two, is thinking to himself, "See, this isn't what I expected no, from being a, a peaceful, prophet of the
2: nice, rosy moment
0: of the living God." No. So, and yet he's got questions, but he's willing to continue on with Jesus and remain faithful mm-hmm. despite the questions, mm-hmm. and that is faith. Yeah, And I don't mean, I, I, mm-hmm. you should seek answers. If the questions are, are philosophical and whatever. Like, chase them down. See, yep. as, Learn as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. about God, how he's revealed himself, these sorts mm-hmm. of things. But you will probably re- run into a point where he, some of it doesn't totally make complete sense to you, and you're going to have to kind of say, well, I'm going to keep walking with you, God, even though my life hasn't turned out like I planned
2: well, I think that was the benefit of this Habakkuk series with the testimony videos beforehand, because people described very difficult situations, but they were yet walking with God, even though they didn't see all the answers or the good outcome yet. Well, yeah.
0: Habakkuk's the line that he has at the end that, that actually is one of the greatest uh, statements of faith in the entire Old Testament, when he says that you know when the even if the the there's no bud on the trees and there's no. The olive crop fails, and there's no cattle in the in in the fields, and no sheep in the barn. Barn. Yet I will praise you. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we were trying to show through the many different uh, testimony videos that we did. Is that here yeah. here are people who have moments of great heartache and emptiness. Yeah. Right. They lose their they lose a a daughter. They lose uh, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And yet they're saying. But but I'm going to keep following God. I'm going to keep following Jesus and trust that he has answers that he has yet to to tell me.
1: You know, I think one of the most challenging things, uh, I think from my perspective of this book of Habakkuk, is the idea that God is not the way I think he is. Yeah. Because most mm-hmm. people will view God as, I mean, God wants good things. Yeah. Like, why would God do yeah. bad things to yeah, me? The why would he Boxing allow the, uh, the, the Babylonians who would be equal to
0: ISIS to come? God yeah. permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves.
2: Yeah, that's a very challenging concept. And I had people yes. sitting in my office in tears, yes. just really wrestling with this sort of, for them, a new picture of God's character, yeah, and I think yeah.
1: that is that is the biggest challenge um, that I think emerged in people's minds through this yeah. this little book because our culture has taught us to define God in certain terms. Yeah. If God is to be God, then He must be fill in the blank. Yeah, and then when He's not fitting within your categories, now you have a problem with Him.
0: Yeah, yeah. this is one of the big challenges. I, th- I think I me- I mentioned it j- briefly in passing in the first sermon I did. In, w- that I did it was on cha- you know yeah. uh, chapter the end of chapter 1 right uh you know m- most people ha- have a viewpoint of god that that it, that has been called moralistic therapeutic deism it's it's the belief that god is just a really nice guy like a butler who wants to help you out whenever he can but really doesn't have enough power to do it all the time and leaves you largely alone in your life to do what you want to do yeah there there are some remarkable stories about the expectations people have of god uh, in fact, one of the stories that uh, came out with uh, with the publication of the book that coined that term a guy Christian Smith who's a sociologist uh, talked about this guy Brad, who he interviewed and one of the <laughs> this young guy he's like eighteen years old he was praying desperately uh a really prayer warrior he said and christian Smith asked well what what are you praying about and he said well i'm I'm praying that the that God will give me somebody to have sex with <laughs> so Christian Smith was like, well, I like, it. okay. Um, do you see any like dis just juncture between that expectation and the way the Bible talks about sexual immorality and that kind of thing? And he's like, well, no, no, God's here to make me happy, and what would make me happy is having sex with that girl over there. And so I've been praying for him to do that. And I don't know why. I'm really disappointed because I don't know why it is that he's not let it not giving this to me. This this viewpoint though of God. Which yeah, we book we, is this la- we laugh at it it's called yeah. souls in transition okay. actually you can the previous verse <laughs> it's, it's an
1: awesome little book um okay but
0: yep. he so so here's this guy Is an expectation of god mm-hmm. is 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 that not like cuz we laugh at it but i got to tell you so many of us have expectations of god that he's just this really nice grandfatherly sort of guy who sits on the porch and just as cs lewis said the greatest goal every day is for him to say that a good time is had by all and I don't think that's the way the Bible describes God at all. But
2: that's how a lot of us grow up, right? We grow I know. up where we pray for sunshine on the days that we want sunshine, yeah. and we pray, we pray for right. that we'd have safety, and every time we want safety, and we pray like that's the expectation. So what growing God's up.
0: after in our lives is much greater, mm-hmm. much more satisfying, much more magnificent than what you and I are after for ourselves.
2: Yes. That's very hard to come to grips with. Right.
0: So ultimately, the life of faith is one of submission to Mm -hmm. God's agenda and not mine, and Mm -hmm. not just God's agenda like, oh, fine, I'll just trust God here. Actually, a rejoicing in the fact that God wants what's best for me, and I don't. I want what I think is best for me, usually in the moment. God wants what's ultimately best for me in the long term.
2: I know and that's often a season of wrestling with God for control. And I'm, the key word there is yeah. season
1: and that season might yeah. be might be a while. And but, it
2: might be over and over again but that I you, remember that wrestling to, that a lot of people describe and I've gone through where you who's in control here and who should be in control and how does this work?
0: You'll come to you'll come to joy and yeah. peace. when when you stop wrestling though. Yeah. When you come to the point in your life where you're willing to on frequent occasions, say you're wiser. Lord.
2: Yeah, you yeah. will be done. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true.
1: Wow. that was, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I thank God for this for this little series. And I thank the Lord for his providence to just allow us to preach through this book. It's a great way to the end of the year, to yeah. be honest yeah. with you. Absolutely. Not that really cool. the year's over, but, you know, summertime, everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, but our ministry, But our ministry year is coming to an end at the end of uh, uh, the month of June. So looking back, here's a segue or a schluder, like a transition to the next.
2: That's a good word. Um,
1: yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, when we look back, Thalia, so Thalia, Jeff, you guys yeah. are pastors in God's Church here, and we both appreciate, we we all appreciate you guys. So when you look back as pastors, what are some highlights, evidences of God's grace, things that you really thank the Lord for Yeah. Um, This past ministry, when you think from July 1, 2018, and we are coming up to the end of June 2019, a ton has happened here, highlights, evidences of God's grace. What would you say, Felia?
2: Absolutely for me, first would be East Abbey Campus. Mm -hmm. So last summer when we were dreaming of this campus starting up, and I was asked to join this team, and I was then asked to leave the Saturday night service. That was hard for Mark and I. We've been there for so long. We have good friends there that was our rhythm. It, it was like, it was a grief to leave the Saturday night service to join Sunday morning East Abbey. And it took a few months to actually realize, oh, hang on, hang on. Okay, this is a new good thing that God is doing, meeting new people, really investing and in serving in this new community with people that I see when I walk and when I go to Save On Foods and all these places. So that has been a huge gift. It's a lot of work for sure. I had no idea that church in a gym would be so much work for so many people, but it's it's quite amazing. And then we had our first ever East Abbey Worship Night just a few weeks ago, early yeah, June. Yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah. That was amazing. Over 200, like almost 250 people came. Showed sure up. We were blown away. We thought, okay, maybe 50, but mm-hmm. No. People came from Downs Road Campus, Mission Campus. The campus is because they wanted to worship God. We did a lot of singing and some testimonies. It was great.
1: That's awesome. And so the, the East Abbotsford Campus has been meeting at 9 and 11 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. through the year since you launched. But in the summer, you guys are changing
2: stuff <laughs> yeah. on us.
0: What's are, up there?
2: Uh, we might be crazy. I don't know. We're going to try are. to go to one service. Well, because there are so many volunteers that are needed. We're trying to give some people a break. Mm-hmm. And So, so what gonna, are you doing in the summer? So We're going to get some extra chairs, and we're going to fill the place with chairs. We're going to actively usher people to their seats, 10 a.m., one service, and we're going to hopefully be done clean up by noon and be on the grass in the front of the school there just enjoying each other. So a family time.
1: picnic after yeah, mm-hmm. after the service. So well,
2: most people can start picnicking at 11, Yeah, but then there's a bunch of us that have to tear down, so it'll be noon, but that's fine.
1: So it's bring your own picnic kind bring of thing. Bring your own picnic, enjoy. hang out,
2: bring your own soccer ball or whatever, and we'll see how this goes. It could be, like we expect people will go to their holiday places, and so numbers will drop, but that... I don't think Mission Campus drops off. Like you actually say, pretty steady.
1: Yeah, we probably stay steady. I mean, there might be some weekends around, long weekends when mm-hmm. the numbers dip a little bit. But for the most part, people are in town, yeah.
2: So we don't have a track record at East Abbey. We're kind of just completely flying by the seat so of our pants we'll So
1: we'll see what the Lord does with yeah, it. We yeah, we might but, be
2: wrong, but whatever. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's such an evidence of God's grace <laughs> totally. that um, you have about 700 plus people. Yeah who attend that uh, that uh, ministry and is yeah. not even a year old. I know. Praise God.
2: I know. And people are, every week they're coming in new. They're saying, I live around the corner. Or, you know, I've been attending a church that's 45 minutes away, and this is closer, and maybe I'll come here. And, wow, the stories are quite amazing.
1: Praise the Lord indeed. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey.
0: Um, you know, I've been... Similarly, very excited about what's happened at East Abbey. And actually, I want to also add the mission campus in Tri City, which we don't talk about a whole lot, but a lot of things right. people don't actually realize how each one of the campuses that we are part of have grown significantly yeah. this last year mm-hmm. with more people from the community, people who are yeah. many people mm-hmm. who don't know Christ or coming back to faith. To yes. That's really probably the biggest number. Of a people, lot
2: of people away from church for years yeah. are coming back.
0: Yeah, and people whose faith was you know, n- nothing, eh, extinguished yeah. largely and mm-hmm. have come, come back. Time. And so it's it's been really cool to see yeah. how the Lord has done that. In fact, a lot of the people we baptized were people who grew up in the church and don't have anything to do with it and then came back to yeah. faith and are like, okay, I actually believe yeah. in Jesus and I want to commit my life to him, which yeah. is just so awesome to see. So I'm really excited, obviously, about that. Um, you know, one of the things, the thing that has been the most joy for me this year is uh how the lord has cared for uh our church kind of behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. that you guys know that we we lost our executive pastor this year who moved to Towson with his wife and Steve Weens left a he's left a hole because he's such a capable Absolutely. guy. Mm-hmm. And you know the lord has you know sometimes you just look around and you realize the lord has been preparing you for that. Uh we needed to make some changes to our structure because of the growth of our church and the fact that we were multi uh, a multi-campus church now, and so some of that needed to change anyway. And so the Lord's really done a, a great work providing, I think, for that. Ezra's, the, as of t- today, is the day of our congregational meeting, and so by the time some of you hear this, you'll either know whether Ezra was pastor or not, brother, if you didn't pass, then <laughs> sorry. But he's being presented as one of our executive pastors uh, for ministry development tonight. We have another guy who's going to be our executive pastor, Mark Birch, of... of uh, of our multiplication strategy. And then Jonathan Giesbrecht has come along in his 30 years of energy and, mm-hmm. and brightness and his background of doing his master of business administration and all that kind of stuff. And he's really done, he's done, I, th- I think fantastic work. Fantastic work. work. Um, as and what- an interim at pastor of administration or interim executive pastor of administration. So like, I, I just,
2: let's just give them a glimpse. Hang on to Jeff mm-hmm. about how like Steve's role was so big and because of our campuses and because of the numbers of people that yep. have come here and the growth, it was hard for him to do all of these roles. And so now it's been a huge gift in the fact that all these people are already on staff. Well, we were planning, these, a, we were planning this. We were
0: planning to expand his role mm-hmm. as it was. Um, so his departure just, we, we followed, down the same path, essentially saying, "Well, he, he couldn't do it all himself, no. so we needed to get two people there. We were planning just doing two, but then it occurred to us that we weren't actually putting legs on our multiplication strategy yeah. as much as we probably should, and so we just deci- we've decided to invest in that yeah. significantly. And there's all sorts of things behind the scenes too about it's it's, it's we are in the cusp of a great moment." Uh, for Northview to have a real leadership role in church planning around Canada, and so I, I, and yet the Lord, I mean, the Lord's provided. Mark is the right guy, and and there's the days ahead can be really fantastic, and needed quite honestly. Yes, in a way that maybe they even weren't a, a year ago. So mm-hmm. we're we're excited about. I'm I just, you know, personally, when you see all this stuff, it's been a stressful year for me, but when you see how God is providing for His church by people who are here. And I walk around the can- the office, we have a new HR person here who's doing, she's a so great Val Bosch, she does such great work, and Carrie Clausen, who's become part of our executive team as one of our- as the executive assistant. It- it- there's such a strong group of people now in leadership at the highest levels of Northview that I just think, wow, this church is so blessed, mm-hmm. and I'm so blessed because I-, I kind of fell into it. Almost everything I do in my life that's good, I fall into, <laughs> so I- I- I'm... I mean, really quiet, I mean, quietly behind the scenes, almost tearfully thankful to the Lord mm-hmm. for how he's preserved the church and helped the church. And even in, in an hour that could have been a lot more difficult. So it's been it's been fantastic.
1: Yeah. So just to follow up then on that thought, Jeff, when you look at, uh, when you look forward, obviously summer is uh, vacation time and all that stuff. September is coming. What's what's the bright thing you're looking forward to, brother?
0: Well, I'm I'm looking forward to Mark's arrival here. I've already started. I've already experienced a little bit with uh, you and Jonathan, Ezra, Ezra and Jonathan, um, because we've worked together for a while now, and it, it it's great and it's freed me up, to be honest with you, to do some things that I hadn't done or thought of in the past. Mark's arrival will will be the the um, the instigator of some forward thinking outside the church. How, how can we be a benefit to the church in Canada over the next number of years? And I'm excited. that's the part that I, 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 that's what keeps me at Northview is that, is that vision to be moving in that direction and to see us being a blessing yeah. in, out, and, and outside the walls of our church.
2: And he's going to really help to strengthen what we do at each campus because each of our campuses is so different from the next. Yeah. So he's going to help no. us to talk through what does it look like to be a campus of Northview.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're we're I'm, I'm excited to work together with him, and I'm excited mm-hmm. for the possibilities and opportunities that we're gonna have. I mean, I've even mentioned some of the stuff that we're doing overseas. We're in the process actually of partnering together with multi the Multiply Network, which is up on our our top floor here. We're partnering with them to build a, a pastor's training center in uh, North India, That's where remarkable. seriously, there's like a handful of churches for mm-hmm. for 200 million people, and we're gonna be. Basically, building a pastor training center to see pastors equipped so they can plant mm-hmm. churches all over the place in that region. Yeah, that's so cool. That yeah. <laughs> is praise right? the Lord indeed. Um, yeah, and so um, that kind of thing gets me excited about it. I I, I want to. Yeah, I we're, I've been had conversations with several different pastors around Canada who are in the process of the the, the latter processes of planting churches in some very needy mm-hmm. spots, in places where very few churches are. I'm excited about that I've, I, i'm so we'll see what the Lord does. you know every year at Northview, we end up finding at the end of the year that it didn't go like we planned <laughs> uh, but the Lord Something's has better. steered us <laughs> yeah steered us in directions that we didn't realize, and yet they've been fantastic yeah. like at, uh, a year ago, really we started thinking about the East for totally. campus yeah. well, not started. we'd thought about it before, but we decided to pull the trigger on it, uh-huh. and you're not supposed to to do a church plant campus plant over the summer. Where everybody's gone, you're not supposed to drive vision for <laughs> during that period. You just everybody says, "No, it'll take a year or whatever." But we were like, "Well, we'll Let's give it. it. We'll give it a shot." And yet, the Lord had the guy here. Greg's done a great job, and he had Thalia was here to help, and the, so we, the team's been fantastic. And the Lord just keeps kind of slotting the people, and so it feels very much like we are um, riding downwind. With, yeah. uh, with the wind at our backs, and it's a lot easier than riding into it.
1: Yeah, and you your role is uh, adjusted a little bit, eh?
2: <laughs> a little bit.
1: Yeah, what's yeah. going on?
2: So, well, a lot of people are kind of still surprised. At, they'll email me and they say, well, you're at the East Abbey campus. And I'm like, well, only on Sundays. It's <laughs> a school. <laughs> so you can still find me at Downs Road. Yeah, so week. what's happening in your role? Uh, what do you, which part are you talking about, Ezra? Uh, oh, come on, Thalia. So has <laughs> become department. the
0: the candy department team What's leader. She's become the leader of our care department. Yes. Congratulations, Thalia. Yes, Vic is uh... not
2: leaving. Don't freak out. Everybody (laughs) freak out. He's not leaving. He's just going to focus a little bit more on the seniors ministry.
0: Yes. So that's going to be good for him.
2: Oh, he's so good at it. And he's just going to be free to go to all the care homes and the hospitals and just get his Tim Hortons all the way everywhere. That's right. I know.
1: So what are you looking forward to this year, Thalia, this coming ministry? Well, there's
2: one thing coming up that people might not know about, and that's Mm -hmm. in August. We actually have a pastor-elder family retreat, and it is a great time to have more meetings. Yes, that's good. But we also have time to get to know each other and support each other pray for each other and get to know each other's families and i think that is actually a huge piece of keeping us functioning well as a leadership team so i'm really looking forward to that
1: that's awesome it's a big
0: group mm-hmm. of people now it's a huge i mean like we people. have a lot of pastors i know <laughs> yeah. and a lot of elders and so it <laughs> yeah. ends up being it is It's like How many it, people, uh, there must be no more we have we have 100? a 100 there's 150 People oh, wow. there. I'm sure. And then we have a few staff that families, come to take care kids. of the kids because yes. there's
2: so many kids riding around on their scooters and their bikes and their whatevers. And so yeah. it's, it's been, a really good time. It's a great time. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I, I I, just thank God for our church. And I think this past weekend was just evidence of his grace. 87 people got baptized. Yeah. That was amazing. 87 people. Yeah. And the church was packed. Packed packed, packed. I people, had to stand
2: up at the back the whole time, Ezra. Yeah, just
1: people celebrating, <laughs> yeah. celebrating the baptisms and seeing these dear ones coming to say, hey, you know what? Jeff almost drowned his boy. I because, know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that was a sight. Uh, and I'm
0: sure there'll be it videos. It was planned. Listen, it was, that was, that was, <laughs> that was planned. planned. He knew and yeah, I knew. Of and course. He said, okay. yeah, you, Dad, you hold me under for a while. <laughs> and I said, okay.
1: That is awesome. <laughs> so. That is awesome. And I'm sure we will be celebrating a, a short little video on those mm-hmm. baptisms in the weeks to come. But again, thank you so much. If you've been listening and following uh, our podcast since the beginning of this ministry year. thank you for your faithfulness. We Mm -hmm. really appreciate those who wrote in, send in your questions. So loved to interact with some of the things that um, you brought forward. We look forward to our extra podcast that starts again in September. I'm going to say it will be just the the, the week right after our fall kickoff is when we'll be kicking things off in our podcast. Thank you so much. Enjoy the summer. Be safe. And uh, yeah, have some fun out with your families. We'll talk to you later.